Hello and welcome to the N to Z of Film. It's a podcast uh, co-hosted by me, Andy James, a writer of stuff, and my and, friend... Uh, Rajiv Mishra. I am not so much a writer, but I work in film and TV and, and trying to become a director. Yes, and we're big film-like people. We yep. like film. Nerds, geeks, I think those terms are interchangeable now, I'm not sure. Yes. Okay. So, this is the Interzeta film. This is season one where we've named it Export Grade or Export Quality. I can't quite remember. <laughs> so organised. So yeah. organised. This is going to be so smooth. Uh, where we're going to be talking about a New Zealand uh, director each episode. Uh, we'll talk about their last or New Zealand film, essentially, mm-hmm. and then their first Hollywood film and just sort of talk about those things. Yes. Good. Let's get going. This is the N to Z of film with Andy and Rajiv. Cool. This week or episode, I don't know if these are going up weekly yet. We're going to be talking about Jeff Murphy. We're going to talk about Jeff Murphy's uh, fantastic, amazing and brilliant New Zealand film Utu and his first Hollywood film Young Guns 2. Is for, just to be, I'm, I guess you've, you've, you've called me the more organised of us. I don't yes, know how true that is. it's true. We'll see how that goes. Uh, just to be very clear, uh, Utu is not uh, Jeff Murphy's last New Zealand film. For all the pedantic people that maybe listen to this, it was in fact his third to last New Zealand film he made, The Quiet Earth and uh, Never Say Die afterwards. I actually watched Never Say Die because uh, it was only on VHS tape from the amazing Ara Video. Thank you very much, Ara Video. And did not watch it because he's lazy. Because um, I, I don't have a VCR. <laughs> I don't use outdated technology. <laughs> so so the first episode is, is kind of going against our premise <laughs> straight away. A little uh, bit, yeah, just th- yeah, throwing it yeah, right out the yeah, window. Yeah. Young Guns 2 is actually not Jeff's first Hollywood film. Uh, it's his second. He made a TV movie before that. It's his Hollywood. first movie. Theatrical release. Yes, yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he made Red, Red King, White Knight, which I've, I've been trying to watch with Tom Skerritt. Um, and Max von Sydow won an Emmy for it, apparently, or was nominated. Uh, Arrow Video says they have a copy, but they've every time I've gone into their store, they've never been able to find it. As much as I love them, because it's that so is. popular, it's always out. <laughs> okay. So, so we're talking about Utu um, instead of Never Say Die, because well, if it's only on VHS, you can't really yeah get a handle of it and um people can go see utu it's it's and utu as hopefully everyone knows has had a fantastic new blu-ray release um i'm holding in front of me right now you can't see it because this is a audio podcast, but it's yeah. uh, it's utu redux it's a beautiful beautiful blu-ray put out it's by probably the first redux film that's actually good <laughs> Yeah, they re- I actually talked to the uh, to a guy that worked on it, Leo Gutschman. He 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 was part of the editorial team, uh, and they they recut the entire movie from like the original Negs and stuff. And Jeff like apparently made it shorter. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but that's okay. Let's start with a brief talk on Never Say Die, perhaps, um, Rajiv. If you've got any a, a brief talk, yeah. 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 Um, I was disappointed we didn't talk about it because it would be interesting to talk about because it it's not a very good film. <laughs> it's uh, As much as I love Jeff, and I imagine he's probably not going to listen to this because why would he listen to this? Um, he's probably got better things to do. So apologies to Jeff if he is listening, but it's it's uh, it's fun. Um, I think it probably has the ratio of the most explosions uh, per minute 
uh, of any New Zealand film ever made, which is great. It That's starts, an achievement in it all of itself. It starts with a giant, awesome giant explosion. Like Tim Morrison and Lisa Ellenbaker, like come home from America. I'm not quite understand the story. I think he's a reporter. Maybe she's a reporter. I don't know. But they're coming back from the. They're it's got Tim Lura Morrison. It's got explosions. Why is this not more widely available? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and, and and wonderful eighties uh, costuming. And it just starts with like they go home. I mean, I'm giving it spoilers, but no one's going to see it. They sort of walk <laughs> in and uh, and their house explodes. Like they walk, they they park their car and they're about to walk into the house. And the house just the entire house blows. Like the entire house blows the bits. And there's wood and fireballs and it's awesome i was just like this is great it meanders this sort of it, it's kind of like a weird goodbye pot pie sort of redo they sort of travel the country running away from uh george went who's <laughs> the main bad guy this sounds phenomenal um, i'm very disappointed sort I of a, yeah uh, and it has uh, Je- jeff's in it he puts himself in it he's a he's sort of this pilot and it has that anarchic energy that all of jeff's films have which is nice but it sort of meanders and doesn't really go anywhere, and the same thing keeps happening over and over. Um, but it, it does explode. have, yeah, and then something explodes on the beach, another thing explodes at the end. Um, Jay Lagaya is in it, and this one scene is like this cop that is is chasing them. At one point they're doing it. There's a whole chase sequence of running away from cops. Jeff, you know, that's his, his deal, which is good. Uh, anti-authoritarian figures. Um, but 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 Jay Lagaya turns up as the sunglass wearing Samoan cop, and he's amazing. Like he's so good. He's so tough. And he like wears rubber gloves and stuff. Jay Lagaya from the Star Wars prequels. <laughs> yeah, as yeah, we all yeah. Know. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he takes his glasses off, and he, and he at one point and he goes, "Too tough for me." Gets in his car and drives off, and like leaves the chase. Like <laughs> it's like a real it's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's there's that film. So you know, it doesn't really work. But but Utu is a is a phenomenal work. I mean, Qu- Quentin Tarantino was recently on. National Radio, yes, I think was it the wireless? I can't remember one of those things. And he, he was like, "U two is like the best new film to have in New Zealand ever." And it's, I, I don't, I don't know whether I agree with that. We've we got a lot of films, but it's very, it's very good. I, I like think it's U two is definitely. Well, it's it might even be the only r- proper epic New Zealand film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting like of that scale. I mean, River um, Queen is maybe bigger. Maybe I don't know. It, but it, it it doesn't feel bigger. It, it, Utu feels big, you know. Like yeah. It feels like a big, a big piece of filmmaking, and and it's it's a uh, it's really interesting. Uh, we we went to film school together, and I remember after we watched the screening of Utu in our New Zealand film and history class, uh, I remember talking to a lecturer there, Doctor Film, uh, Russell Campbell. I can name him. This is fine. Sure. Um, and he was like, he was pretty, he was pretty adamant. Like he's like, this, this film doesn't work. This is a, I don't know what he feels about it now, but at the time, back in the early 2000s, the past, when we were studying, I was, I remember talking about it cause I really liked it. And I'm always a bit of a big fan of the Westerns and, and he was of the same mind. I think of a lot of critics at the time, there was another guy, uh, Roger Horrocks, I think in, um, at the time when he did a review for it was all like, this is a disjointed film and the narrative is all over the place and it doesn't work. And it's funny cause I, I think it's kind of true. It's all over the show, but I think that was intentional. I think it was kind of like New Zealand's ticket history lends itself to that. I, I thought. Yeah, well, and and be interesting to uh, know or hear what those critics now think of the new Redux version. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, and Jeff Murphy's book is um, he talks about Utu quite a bit um, and how he wasn't quite happy with how it was all cut together initially. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, but so Utu, the plot uh, uh, right, yeah, of of this film that we're talking about that you might have no idea what it's about. Um, it's in sort of very early colonial New Zealand. Um, 
1870s, uh, it has Anzac Wallace as Tefeke, a Maori scout for the uh, British, um, comes across his village, which has been utterly decimated, massacred, burned, slaughtered by the British, um, and he swears uh, revenge, or utu. And then it sort of all spirals out from there, mm. uh, really, with lots of various, um, as we talked about, the yeah various plots and things going on, various forms of revenge, and and it all sounds very grim and bloody and dark. But it's not. Well, it's, it is. It, it is, yeah. but <laughs> it's also quite hilarious. And yeah. Jeff brings that uh, humor. He can't help, I think, but bring that sort of sense of humor to it all. Yeah, um, he clearly has a love of the spaghetti western. It's on his, It's 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 in the film, right? Like, and he yeah. loves he loves making fun of authority. That's his big thing. Yeah, yeah from <laughs> Goodbye Pork Pie to yeah. Utu to we'll talk about uh, later Young Guns too. Yeah, yeah, Young Guns too. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think that's the basic plot, and you've got all these characters in it. You've got Brewer Lawrence playing this sort of farm. I can't, I quite understand. I think he's a farm guy. He lives uh, yeah, in a rural, he's a, big house in the rural. Yeah, plains. farmer who um, Tefeke's troops come in and wreck up his place and kill his wife. And he goes, and Mister Mister Lawrence goes, goes a little bit crazy. A little bit, a little, a little bit. bit. Crazy. Builds himself a four-barreled shotgun. Yeah, which is always like whenever you review, re, you read reviews overseas about this. That's like that's always mentioned. Like, there's a great guy in there who builds this gun that's got four barrels, and it's awesome. And he uses like piano pedals for the trigger and stuff. In amongst this very serious film, tackling very serious topics and themes and everything, um, yeah, Jeff Murphy still brings in. Uh, Insane farmer with a four-barreled shotgun. Yeah, he he does do that, <laughs> which kind of sums like I think sums up the the whole thing really. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, the, and there's a strange a lot, way. There's a lot of comedy throughout. Like there's that scene where Tefeki and his men are. Oh, I, sorry, I watched this too long ago now to remember the names of towns. So apologies about that. But um, where they're going to raid their town, where where um the the British troops have, have set up a shop and they and they disguise themselves as fuck, like they raid that supply wagon. <laughs> he like dips his face yeah, yeah, it's, in the and flour. It's, it's generally <laughs> it's, it's like I'm a buck out now, and they yeah. all like point their guns at him, but he's like, oh my yeah, God. yeah, white face, and it's so just racist. like, and oh. he he hates. Uh, he's like, I hate you. I've only been a buck yeah. For a few minutes now, and I hate you, hate you, Marty's already. It's just like that sort of stuff just kills, you know. And it's and it's funny because it's still kind of horrifying, you know, what's about to happen in the story. Yeah, well, know? I mean, <laughs> and we watched the Redux um, in the cinema when it had a, a release during the film festival a couple of years ago, and the way the audience responded to it, mm. like those jokes, like they were still yeah, laughing yeah, yeah, with yeah, them yeah. and they're cheering at the big scenes, and yeah, so it. Can works. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he, talk, he talks about, he talks about like, uh, Jeff was talking about like, I think he did, it was a press conference at the time where he's like, you know, you make it a movie about New Zealand's bicultural, any any country's bicultural heritage and the colonial force, you're always going to, you know, come up against critics and have issues with it. You know, and then you make, you make one, you make one in a, in a political climate where we're quite self-congratulatory about our processes with treaty issues and how we treated the Maori and how the West treated the Maori and stuff. You know, and you're going to come across even more issues with it because, because it, it's 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 pretty clear that he has a he has a pretty pro. Uh, well, I mean, it's well, he's he's clearly quite anti-colonial. I mean, it's, it's sort yeah, of, and <laughs> I guess that's that's something we can talk about a little bit is that the New Zealand's history we do tend to look on their early colonial days quite um, 
rose tinted. We do mm. sort of say, well, look look what happened in Australia. We're much better than that. We yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the English came over and made a deal with the uh, the local folk. The local folk. <laughs> Um, and it was all good. Never which, was happy. Yeah, that's yeah. And there's been no problems with that yeah, yeah. Uh, ever since. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's I, it's it's still uh, contentious. Yeah, I mean, Jeff in his book talked about how you know the people that really connected and, and he like got handshakes and stuff. I was screening were like were Maori folk, you know, like and he said there were a lot of a lot of Pakeha folk that had issues with the film. It's funny. Looking back at it now, going, How, what is it, what's there to be contentious? What's the issues here? Nothing seems like, nothing seems that it's contentious. It's all kind of stuff that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's funny, yeah. Um, I don't know if there's like white liberal guilt involved and... <laughs> yeah, maybe. We want to feel good yeah, yeah, yeah. about those things, but uh, not really a lot to feel good about. Yeah, it's, it's hard to gauge, like, like you know, because it was released in '84. So if you went back then, and you know, there's the Springbok tour, and people were, I mean, that was a, that was a few years back, but people were still up in arms about things like that. It's funny, like if it got released now, I don't think anyone would think much of it. But I do, I do wonder if it was sort of more thought about back then in different terms than we're thinking about it now. Yeah, well, I mean, part of the whole that it being released now and not creating quite as much as stir perhaps is mm. possibly because it was released when it was you know what i mean like yeah yeah, yeah if there yeah. had been no utu back in the 80s if the utu had come out now, now. it would be that uh watermark that threshold would have just moved yeah 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 that's true uh what else we got for utu uh what else have i got for utu um oh pauline kale she uh she's very praising of uh of the film i thought that was interesting because it was like it was New Zealand's only second only film to go to Cannes after uh, Jeff Murphy's own Goodbye Pork Pie. No, right? no, no was, uh, I don't think Goodbye Pork Pie went to Cannes. Uh, I'd have to check that. But it was um, it was the Scarecrow was invited out of competition the previous year. Um, right, Sam Pillsbury's Scarecrow. Um, but uh, you know, she wrote this review, and I, I actually read it for the first time today. I found it on GeoCities website. I don't, I couldn't, I don't have a GeoCities. I don't have, a, I don't have, I don't have Pauline Cow's box. I should. I've read enough of reviews, but um. It was and it was a real positive review. And I, she called him. He said she said he had like a hip. Oh, I can't remember the exact quote, but it was it was very praising. And uh, and she was also quite. Um, she was real. She thought it was really good that he had a refusal to reduce the narrative to simple heroes and villains. And and this is like this is high praise from like one of the highest. One of the uh, sort of best regarded <laughs> film yeah. critics. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, American especially. Yeah. yeah, and Variety gave it a positive review too. And then apparently, I, I can't find this anywhere, but I read it about it in um, in various New Zealand publications that apparently The New Yorker, um, written by Pauline Kelly, after her initial review, like wrote a four-page thing, article about, I don't know whether it was about Utu or if it was about um, New Zealand films in general, but it was very, another sort of, a longer piece that was quite praiseworthy of Udu. So, so is it possibly um, better regarded or better received overseas than it? Yeah, and at I, home. Yeah, and I do. Critics? I do wonder if that was because they don't have they don't have the baggage associated with New Zealand with history. That history yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's it's interesting. Like, it just seems like it just seems like it's real easy to find quite criti- critical pieces about the film from the time in New Zealand, but then if you go overseas, because I guess it didn't play that that much. It was in various festivals. It was quite. Praise, you know, because I guess it was something they hadn't seen before, the sort of well, hoo Western thing. Yeah, there's, it's, oh man, there's so much energy to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. is the thing that I remember most from it, perhaps, is just the 
it barrels ahead and it's just got that it keeps fizzing and it's just like there's no uh, slack. It's sort of it's sort of the very last scene, the the courtroom scene. It slows down quite a bit, but I, I still think, think it works. I it's think still, necessarily so. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, the yeah, because yeah. it's all been building to that. To all that. of this action, all of this various cycles of violence and vengeance, and so Tefeke swears revenge on the colonials on the uh, on the english we're gonna spoil the entire film now well i mean it's how old is this film <laughs> okay so it is, yes it is pretty old yeah. um, <laughs> and oh. you should and there, there goes the the chair that rajiv was sitting on has collapsed that's fine i'm, I'm good we're good we're yeah, still yeah. good we're professionals yeah. as you can tell uh so yeah to pick a uh, swears <laughs> revenge on the english and and his quest for vengeance then creates uh, someone looking for revenge on him. And this lots of people, just, yeah. <laughs> and it just keeps going and, and going and going and going. Yeah. Um, yes, vengeance is bad. And then, are you, were you leading up to the final sequence, or was that? Oh, was yeah, that yeah and then oh, so okay, right. all of right. that various um, action and violence all leads to this relatively quiet. Um, campfire scene where they hold a trial of the captured Tefeke. Mm. Mm. So, that, so that's where it sort of ends. But it's still pretty like it's still that's pretty. It's got some pretty big themes going on in the end, you know. Like it's a real lot. It's real big, you know. Like, like we say, it's quiet, but it's still like brotherhood and friendship and issues of race and colonialism and and who deserves who too and uh, female gender stuff comes in there as well. There's that lady that comes along. Yeah. So it's 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 a. I just I really enjoy the film. I think it's a, I think it's a good film. I think that's what I'm building. It's a good. To. It's a it's a rollicking watch. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think maybe I didn't think that so much when I was younger. When I saw it first time, I think the first time I saw it, I was probably 15 or something, and I probably just thought it was. I think I thought it was an important film, without thinking it was necessarily that fun. I think I yeah. really really enjoy it now. <laughs> but it's it's an important film and it's fun. Yeah, 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 and it's um, fun. It's great, great music that 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 score by by John Charles, um, as and recorded by uh, New Zealand Symphony Orchestra, and was some some flute player. I can't remember who, but yeah, Matt Murray flutes in there too. Great, one of the great, great New Zealand scores, like a really yeah propulsive. And it, and it, um, the DVD I had, which is a terrible DVD before the Utu Redux came out, um, starts with the overture. I can't remember if the Redux does that as well. Like it's just over black and it's just the musical overture. And it's a great way to, it was like, I remember the first time I saw that, I was like, whoa, it's a great way to start a film. Yeah. 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 It's really, it's really Really sort of billing it as epic. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, so important and fun with lots of energy to it. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. O2. Uh, less so for young guns too, (laughs) I think. Uh, I think me and you, I don't know yet. We haven't discussed it yet. So this is going to be interesting for me. I think me and you are going to differ on this film. Which is good. Oh, uh, what? Are going to differ? I don't. I don't think we should. It'd be good if we didn't always like. Yeah, this is great because I think you probably think it's not that good. Yeah, I don't okay. think it's that good. Okay, cool, cool. That's good because I really enjoy the film. I yeah, but we're going from uh, <laughs> one Jeff Murphy Western um, to, to another, another, which is good. This is it works and, well, and <laughs> well, and carrying through those themes of um, anti-authoritarianism. Mm. Um, so, Young Guns Two. What's it about? Uh, uh, am I doing this? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's uh, uh, I don't have the synopsis in front of me or anything, but it's a it's a it's a Brat Pack Western. So I have the the the, the well, Charlie Sheen's on this one, but Emily Westervez and Lou Diamond Phillips and Kiefer Sutherland. So it's a Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid story redone mm-hmm. um, through the 
the lens of a Brat Pack sort of appealing to younger folk teenage film, essentially. Right. Uh, and have you seen Young Guns one? one? I have indeed right. seen Young Guns one. Uh, I personally think Young Guns two is better. I don't know whether you agree with that. I have not seen Young Guns one. Oh, right, right. And I, after seeing Young Guns two, well, I mean, not after, but during. I don't think you need to have seen the first one to watch the sequel. No, I don't think it really actually. And and I think they're kind of they're kind of weirdly not very well joined together films. But we're not really here to talk about that. But but it's 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 a it's a sort of it's a very much a standalone film. Like you don't need yeah. to see it. It starts off. Amazingly, I think with Emilio Estevez in old man makeup. That's uh, it's actually that's a phenomenal. It, it is start, and it's so much Wondering. better than the old man makeup in Prometheus. I can't, <laughs> and it was made in nineteen eighty nine. I just uh, I actually was like, who is that? Uh, that's just an old guy. Okay, less impressive is his old man voice. I felt, but uh, he had a dialect coach, and apparently he went and played dominoes with the old people uh, between uh, after after the shoot finished, uh, and they didn't think he was a young fella in old man makeup. So, oh, good, <laughs> young because. Uh, Old people have the best sight and uh, the sharpest around. Uh, it was a piece of trivia from IMDb. Yeah, there we go. Um, <laughs> so it starts off with old man Emilio Estevez wandering the desert with a horse and all very grubbed up and in his tattered cowboy type clothes. Yeah, playing. He's, he's at that point. He's a character called Bill Brushy Williams. Yes. who was a real life character who came forward. Yep. As well, an so old this bat. and this is the thing is that he's wandering the desert, and then it's revealed that there's a highway going through the desert and a car, cars and trucks <laughs> and everything blasting through. So, what do you think is a western set in the old west starts yeah. in the 1950s yeah, yeah, in America? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 30, and then a, 30s, 30s, 50s. Yeah. I think it was the 50s. Um, and then it flashes back is old man Emilio Estevez tells the tale of young man Emilio Estevez, a.k.a. Billy the Kid. Billy the Kid, yeah. And he was, he was a real, that old guy was a real-life guy that came forward, and a lot of people still think that that was the real Billy the Kid. And, but the governor of uh, Arkansas was like, no, it's not. Um, uh, I, I do like this film. I feel like it has the same, the same anarchic energy that Jeff brings to all his other movies, and, real, and a real, like, big middle finger to authority and stuff. Like, it's just the same... Quite a lot. The same sensibilities. I guess my problem, I guess, with the film, or my main reason I didn't enjoy it, is that these are not very nice people. No. None of them. No, I mean, but, yes, they, but they weren't in real life either. No, but they're all, yeah, they're <laughs> bandits and outlaws. Um, so fair enough, but there's a way to make them somewhat heroic. And Billy the Kid especially is never, never thinks of anyone outside of himself. It's all about him and and. But they do feel very bad when that young guy gets killed. Oh, a little bit <laughs> for a little while. <laughs> but <laughs> it wasn't him who killed him. It was Pat Garrett. It was so. Pat Garrett, which is a completely anachronistic. They were never buddies. They were never like yeah yeah buddy buddy, and then they became enemies. They were like acquaintances that became enemies. But anyway, that's my. I've, I I love westerns. I'm always reading about that sort of stuff. And uh, it is yeah, I just and I didn't didn't feel like it really went uh, anywhere. I didn't. Billy the kid says he he wants to get to Mexico to outrun the law, but he doesn't, yeah. and they never make it. Um, so it sort of just starts with them. Well, yeah, it starts with them ambushing people, bounty hunters, I guess, really. Mm. Ambushing bounty hunters, killing them all, mm. and then kicking dirt on them and laughing about it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, 
yeah. straight away. <laughs> but they were bad guys, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did. I did like how uh, unhinged Emilio Estevez seemed. Yeah, yeah. His, his crazy like laugh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, quite a lot. So yeah, he he has all these scenes that when I when I watch the film, I just go, you know. I really think that that's that's Jeff Murphy all over, um, like where he he does that thing where he goes to the governor to get his pardon, and he, you know you come back later and I'm like, what's going on? He's like he's about to draw, and he's like shooting the candles, yeah, and they go like in a different direction, and then he shoots them off again. They're like, yeah, clap, 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 and I just think that seems like Jeff, and like and actually when he first turns up at that place, like he pokes his head around the corner, you know, like he's like leaning around, and it's like a weird comedic moment, and I just yeah, feel like that's all those yeah the the. Yeah. Shooting the candles is very similar to the four-barrel shotgun, almost. Yeah, that's true. That sort of yeah heightened reality. And 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 there's the, the one other thing that really stuck out to me, stuck out to me as the Jeff thing is at the end where Dave Dave Rudebaker, um, Christian Slater's character. Yes, and he's all and he goes off and he gets the Mexico at the end. He finally gets there and he's like being a dick and. You must have heard of me, Dave Rudebaker, and these two Mexicans are sitting in the corner, and they like live, they're wearing these big sombreros, and they lift their heads up and they nod at each other, and they've got like the big big machete in their hands, and, and they do that sort of they do that nod like the like the the Maori fathers did in the church in Utu. I thought that was really good, and and it's obviously that's a that's another weird reference to real life in which Dave Rudebaker uh, had his head cut off. In yes, as the, the little <laughs> snippets at the end of the credits tell you what happened, and I believe his is the first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he so had his after head after Billy the Kid. Um, yeah, yeah. This movie also has Lou Diamond Phillips in it uh, as a Mexican uh, Indian. Indian, uh, yeah, which is very very insistent on making sure people know that and calls them sons of bitches if they don't yes. <laughs> realize that he's a Mexican Indian. Um, and I I, uh, I, th- I I feel like. Not enough things have Lou Diamond Phillips in them. I, I like Lou Diamond Phillips. I think he's a cool, cool dude. I like him. He's a pretty cool dude. <laughs> he's a pretty cool dude. You know, like, he's just a, a cool sort of dude. Um, but yeah, um, so so one of the things that I really enjoy about this film is the action sequences. I, I really think that Jeff knows how to shoot them. Um, we've got. I thought we should look it up. There's probably a second unit director on there. I don't know for sure, but I think I think Jeff has a real a really good understanding of geography of scene that really struck out as something that I really enjoyed. And uh, Waka Atwell, a New Zealand uh, filmmaker, some of you may know, listening, uh, also agrees that uh, I don't know which scene he's talking about, but he thinks that Young Guns 2 has the best action sequence he's seen in it. I think that's probably a little bit far for me to go. I mean, I've watched, I like a what, lot. the I best like action sequence of anything, anything ever. Anything ever. I'm not entirely sure. I could, there was, it was, he wrote this article in the Tico's Guild, which was quite praiseworthy of Jeff, and he singled out Young Guns 2 as having some great action sequences. And I think it does have some really good action sequences in it. Uh, I feel like, I feel like he understands the geography of a scene really well. I'm repeating myself, but uh, there's the scene where, where they have the shootout at the, at the end, um, you know, where they're, where they're about to die. And it's just, in the oh yes, when they're ambushed by yeah 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 Pat Garrett and Viggo Mortensen, Viggo Mortensen in his, in his small role, <laughs> who's great. He looks slimy as all get out. He is great, but he doesn't do anything. Like he's just he, no. He yeah. Him and him and William There's Peterson's no point to his yeah. William Peterson's gang following along. It doesn't really go anywhere. I mean, th- these are the failings of the movie. It doesn't it doesn't necessarily work a hundred percent. But I think it cracks along at a pace, and I sort of forgive it because it never. It never wallows anything. It like moves and it finishes, and I have a good time with it, as opposed yeah, to yeah. But uh, just things like okay, so going to William Peterson's Pat Garrett, 
there's that sit down he has with the governor and the cattle rancher and yeah um, james Coburn. <laughs> yes yeah uh who's like in two scenes basically yeah this is pretty random um but they sit him down and say oh you're opening a cantina that's great why don't we make you sheriff and here's a thousand dollars to kill your, your friend your buddy <laughs> and there's no he doesn't but, wrestle with because it because he's a bad these it. are bad people he just <laughs> Sure. He's just like, yeah. But no, he, there's, there's not even any honor among thieves. Uh, there's a pause. <laughs> he pauses for a little bit and thinks about it before he does but I'm it. I'm thinking during that pause, he's counting up what he could buy with all of that money. <laughs> That's all I think he, he, he seems to be thinking. And he shaves off those amazing mutton chops. He does, yeah. Disappointing. And then pretty, pretty, pretty quickly dresses all in black. Uh, from then on to really show you that he's a he's the bad <laughs> he's guy. He's the bad, bad guy. guy. Bad guy, bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he's the he's the super bad guy. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I just, I and I feel like a lot of scenes kind of don't. I'm glad I didn't watch this film with you. <laughs> <laughs> just some of them, some scenes just don't go anywhere. So yeah. like Emilio Estevez, when he rocks up to the, to the governor to take the the pardon deal for his testimony he just kind of walks in and there's no hint of it being a trap or anything like that he's this most wanted outlaw. yeah but i thought i thought you know and i agree with you but i thought the whole deal with that was that because he's billy the kid like he's young and inexperienced like he still looks at the world like a child i thought that was his whole deal because it does seem like you know i'm watching the scene going you're, this is not going to turn out well for you. Like no, these, these straight people, up not. These people don't like you, and yeah. you're just going up. And I thought, oh, maybe he's got something behind him. Then, but then I thought, oh, no, he doesn't. He thinks this is going to be the best thing well, for then, everyone involved. Yeah, <laughs> and then so it seems that everything is going ahead fine with that plan for him to testify against this other cattle rustling gang, mm-hmm. um, and he'll be pardoned. And then the prosecutor says that's nah. not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And then nothing really happens with that prosecutor either. He kills him. He, does he? Doesn't he kill? Oh no, he kills. He kills the guard, Bob. Sorry. Yeah, he, he, he kills. Yeah, some sheriff. But that's people. all right because people, kind of like, prosecutors don't don't die, and they're but pow- it seemed like powerful. He had, a, he had a real hard on for getting Billy the kid, and then it's. Well, we don't we don't follow that in the end because the because yeah. the idea is that he does have a hard on for him. That's why he sends Pat Garrett out. He's like, well, fucking go kill this guy because I want him dead. But but that but that but that, but I agree that that whole thing with um with with old man James Coburn and stuff is a little bit unclear. Yeah, well, like, it's when, a little when bit... Billy and his gang rock yeah. up to see James Coburn and say, "Hey, you're our friend." Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want some money, and he says no. And then Billy and kills say, him. <laughs> and then Billy, yeah, kills some which innocent is guys. awesome, and I loved it. <laughs> I thought it was bullshit. <laughs> those were just those were innocent. Immigrant workers, <laughs> but coming but then, to work on the farm, and he just fucking slaughtered. But them. that was the worst. There, that was it. They were like all tough guys, but he was all like, he wasn't like. And hey. then he never gets the money from James Coburn. No, but James Coburn. And he never comes back for it. But James Coburn was all like, "You killed this guy," you know. Like he he wasn't like, "Ah, oh, Billy, hold on, don't kill my workers." He was all like, "Yo, Mexican dudes, kill Billy the kid because you know that's what I'm paying you for." And then they just totally get slaughtered because Billy. Well, no, all he like, says no. Everything is all right. <laughs> uh Employees. <laughs> Employees, everything's fine, and then Billy challenges the Mexican to yeah. a to a gunfight. Yeah, he does, but and then, then has him 
slaughtered. Yeah, but that's but that's fine because that's how things worked in the West, right? Like you just challenged. Yeah, them. and it goes again to these people not being good people. They're not good people. I don't want to follow them. <laughs> I suppose. But I did enjoy it. I thought it was funny where he was all like, <laughs> threw his gun on the ground and, shit, and he just got his friend to shoot him. Yeah, and it's, oh, I don't know, like, with Utu, you have this band of roving outlaws, essentially, as well, but yeah, but, you're sympathetic but, uh, to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. To them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, I guess, I guess, I guess, I guess in that sense, you do need to see the first film, because they kind of, they were fucked over, you know, by the regulators and stuff, so it's pretty, you know, they weren't... They they had a bad you know and Chance Stamp is there and he gets killed and is there he's their father figure and stuff so so they've they've been treated badly so I guess I guess that does that does play into it yeah you're right so okay. that so that's missing completely yeah there's no because there's not no sympathetic no there's no sympathy at all yeah you're right that's very true Christian Slater is a complete tool yeah yeah but he always was and he wasn't in the first one so yeah was he no Dave Rudebag no. Yeah, but they've got that very small part from Alan Ruck. <laughs> so yeah, he turns <laughs> and he's great though. <laughs> he's good. It's really. He tiny was the most part. sympathetic. It's like, oh, well, because he, yeah, he's a farmer. His, <laughs> yeah. his wife died, and his land was taken away from him by James Coburn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so he's got no other choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and actually, it has it has moments. Like I definitely give it that. There are moments and scenes and such that work really, really well. Uh, like. With Alan Ruck's character at the end, who who's always wanted an outlaw name, bandit That's right. name. He's always wanted a bandit name. And then Billy the Kid gives him one when when everyone else is dead and what, what is on it? the run. Uh, Shotgun George. <laughs> yeah. Is bizarre. <laughs> uh, and he refuses it. He, he yeah he's sti- like... he sticks with his real name because he's become disillusioned by that point yeah i mean he was kind of disillusioned it's he's a, it's a weird character because he was disillusioned from the get-go but he's all like my the world sucks i'll join your gang and then he's like ah oh, the world sucks and your gang sucks <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah i was kind art. of more interested in following his <laughs> yeah no, I, i'll give you that <laughs> but yeah no so there are there are definitely and like the yeah the shootout of the um candelabras Oh, and the very cool and, and the weird that weird that weird throwaway moment. I do wonder. I don't know who wrote it. Whether Jeffrey wrote it because he's he, he's he's I, in Hollywood. He's done rewrites and stuff when he comes on yeah. with his director with with like he he was the original director on Predator. I remember reading about this when we were at university. Uh, he he was being interviewed by his brother and they said, "I'm making this movie about hunting an alien, an alien hunting humans in the bush." And, I'm rewriting it with these guys, Jim and John Thompson. John Thompson. I was like, oh, those are the guys that wrote Predator. That sounds like the story of Predator. So he does. So we know that he's involved with that aspect of it. And, and reading Jeff's book, he rewrites stuff. So I do wonder if he, there are scenes that he wrote, rewrote. Like there's that one scene where the the I can't remember the woman's name, the 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 madam of the oh yes, and she, she like she like rides out on the horse. Like what's her name in that the English thing. Um, Yes, I've forgotten all the things that yep. I'm trying to. I had it written the down. The English lady who on, rode through the, the town naked in the horse. Yeah, on the horse. And I just go, and I yeah. just go. I wonder if that's Jeff because he used to be a teacher. I wonder if that's his, and he's interested in that sort of interesting sort of weird things. I wonder if that's him putting that in there. I don't know because we don't. No one cares about Young Guns Two to write a critical analysis of it. But I'd be interested to see if that was one of his things. Yeah, <laughs> that would be yeah. It'd be interesting to to um, know how much. Jeff Murphy put into it. Yeah, he doesn't. It, it's unfortunate. And his, yeah, it's, his book, it's, which is great, he doesn't talk about this stuff enough. I feel like he 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 sort of didn't like his time in Hollywood as much as I liked his time in Hollywood. 
<laughs> well, it's a very different. Exp- you got to have the pleasure of watching mm. the Young Guns two, and not have the possible yeah. frustration of making the Young Guns two. Young Guns two. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, I don't know whether I have much more to say about Young Guns two. Oh, he um he worked with. I mean, this is this is all trivia stuff. I'm not really discussing the film, but he worked with Christopher Kane, who was the producer on Young Guns two. He was the director of Young Guns one, um, and he went on to produce. The TV series of the Magnificent Seven, which he got Jeff to direct the pilot of, which is uh, I enjoy that series. I don't know whether anyone else out there has ever seen the Young Guns. Did, uh, the Magnificent did not even series know it was a thing. TV series starred Michael Bain in the part that was made famous by Yul Brenner in the original. Oh yeah, by Chris um, and uh, I can't remember the name of the actor that played um, that played the Steve McQueen part. His young guy that was, ended up in like one of the CSI shows or something, um, and Ron Perlman's in it. I think he, he plays I think he's playing the character the character that that was originally played by um Charles Bronson. I could be on, on could be wrong about Fantastic. that. But um but yeah in the in the original movie, you know, uh uh the amazing um Oh, what's the, what's his name? Uh from uh Which guy? The good, the, good, the, good, the band the ugly. Uh the bad guy. Uh the ugly. Eli Wallach. Eli Wallach. Amazing actor. Eli Wallach played a Mexican. So we played Mexicans. It's really weird. It's not a Mexican. Um he's- Jewish. Um, he he was the he was he was Calvary, the bad guy in the original. Uh, in the pilot of the episode, same story. Not not Mexicans being uh, harassed, but uh, uh, Native Americans being harassed by I think I think Confederate soldiers. Uh, the leader, of which is Kurtwood Smith, the amazing Kurtwood Smith, bad guy from Robocop. This sounds like an amazing pilot. It was good. I really enjoyed it. I I, I think the series overall didn't work that well, but I really enjoyed that pilot. I, and I think I think Jeff is at home with the Western. He made so many of them in his lifetime. I mean, he made he made like a TV movie with Mickey Rourke called The Last Outlaw, and then he made Young Guns Two. Obviously, uh, he made uh, um, Utu. Utu was 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 his thing, and 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 the Western series, obviously, uh, the Magnificent Seven. So that he. He uh, he He's likes that sort of stuff. That's yeah. his that's his thing, you know. And I think he like he must like horses, <laughs> he must like people shooting shotguns. <laughs> it's, always... it's all fun. He's definitely um, the most explodey director <laughs> that New I guess is we've had. Yeah, Roger Donaldson uh, comes close. But yeah, yeah but uh, yeah. like uh, Martin Campbell, Peter talk of uh, Peter Jackson and his early splatter stuff. Um, Jeff Murphy, I think, just the same, but with explosions and. Um, all all that kind of action choreography and such going through from yeah goodbye pork pie to and that that was something else I wanted to mention like he he's very clearly at home with with the action genre the genre of action just filming action sequences yeah. he became a second unit director I mean he was like second unit on Lee Tomohori's Triple X two <laughs> second unit director on um, Dante's Peak Roger Dante's Peak uh, came home uh, was pretty scathing about Lord of the Rings as not 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 bad films but like as films that he just has no interest in watching himself it's, personally but he was a great second unit director obviously I don't know I'm, I haven't watched enough of the behind the scenes stuff what sequences he directed but that those movies are full of great action sequences and I do wonder if some of how those much are, of that was uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff yeah yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and well, past uh, Young Guns 2, he had a pretty, I wouldn't, not stellar, but he was always working in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he, I had the pleasure of uh, of working with Jeff uh, one time. Uh, I was a unit 
runner, which meant I made coffee on set <laughs> and ran them to the various important people on set. Um, uh, when he did Bluter, the Bluter Revisited uh, revival of his 70s, 80s, Bruno Lawrence traveling circus thing. Um, and then one other time he, he ended up, um, hiring an edit suite at a, at a post-production house I was working at and I remember talking to him about it about his life in Hollywood and it was it was great it was a real I was pretty young eyed a young and, and, and crazy uh, fan guy and talking to him about Hollywood and he and he was like I wouldn't say he was jaded about it but he was pretty he was pretty um, realistic about what he did in Hollywood and he was like you know I was the guy that they're hired to make things really cheap. <laughs> I, was <Yes>. like, <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, yes, that's, 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 that's Yes, his. he kind of went to Hollywood as a gun for hire, really. Yeah. Didn't, yeah, 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 yeah. As much as um, I'm, I'm sure he brought to the films that he made, as much of himself as he could, he, was, he wasn't writing and directing his own stuff in Hollywood. No, no. Uh, which is a shame because I'd, that would have been great to have seen a Jeff Murphy film front to back with yeah. Hollywood sort of level of funds. I, I do think that he scale. might ne- not necessarily, uh, and I apologize to Jeff if he's listening, necessarily be the best writer. I, I think. But just some. When, I think he works really well when he's got strong material. See, cause just I, something that was purely him rather than being brought on to direct Young Guns 2 or Under Siege 2. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he did. Um, See that's why I was really I was disappointed we weren't going to never say die even though it's a it's a very it's a not a superior film I uh, it was interesting to me because that was him right Un- unfitted him uh, didn't necessarily work right but then I thought when he was brought on to Young Guns two as much as you don't like the film it still fits very well within you know the Hollywood the Hollywood st- three act structure those guys that are writing those films know how to structure those films and it has a very straight standard sort of yeah. through point and I thought that really worked I thought bringing Jeff into that mold really worked well for him. I thought the film was was great in that mm. sense. Whereas when he was left to his own devices by himself, it was kind of like this is a meandering film that's well, full that's, of that's, anarchic stuff and anti-authoritarian. Yeah, that's, that's kind of a, yeah. It's that's just his anarchic spirit. Sometimes, perhaps, yeah, yeah, gets too big. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> sort of not that, not that interesting. I mean, I, I I've seen. Uh, in fact, I think I've actually seen all of Jeff's films except for Red King, White Knight. Uh, and they're Which you all... can't get because everyone else is watching it. Because <laughs> everyone else is watching it, yeah. yeah. Um, I do think they all they all have that same spirit of sort of that anarchic sort of thing. And, and uh, Eric Bagassian, who was the bad guy in, in Young Guns and Under Siege 2, all these weird sequels, um, you know, he was all like, Jeff was this crazy guy. He said, I think he used the term down under, but I think he knew he was from New Zealand um, who brought this, He, I think he used the word, an, an anarchic spirit like, like to the set. Like he right. was sort of crazy and fun loving, um, which I think maybe in those sort of point and shoot sort of higher jobs, maybe that's lacking a little bit. Well, maybe in the 90s, I don't know. I don't know. The system's different now, I think. But back then when they were people who were just hired to do stuff, I think maybe there was a lot of guys that would just like come on set and go action cut and go to the trailer. Yeah, where <laughs> he was a lot more involved. Yeah, yeah, I think he was yeah. really, really involved. I think, I think I'm, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> That's mean, all I'm, we've got to say for. I'm not necessarily done. Two and Young Guns Two for now. Yeah, I, I think I could talk for forever, but it's all sort of stuff that's. Sort of people that really care about. Oh, I should mention the music. The music in Young Guns too, just briefly. Oh yes, Mr. Bon Jovi. Oh Bon Jovi, yeah, yeah. Bon Jovi is great. Um, with great a, song. With a great song. Great song. 
<laughs> shot down the blades of glory. They wanted to use one of dead or alive, but Jovi was like, I don't think the lyrics are appropriate for your film. I'm going to write you a new song. So Good on you. Good on you, Mr. Bon Jovi. <laughs> played it. I read it on, on the trivia. He played it on his acoustic guitar in the Nevada desert. I don't know what that means. Did he get Did he get John Fusco and Emilio? Yeah, he just went out by himself. Out. Well, he said that the, the thing said that he played it for them in the desert. So I'm guessing he like drove them out to a spot. Hey, guys, I've written a song. <laughs> Come listen to it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, John Bon Jovi, we're driving we're pretty far we're away pretty from far everything. Away. Are we're you going to kill us? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So that was, that was weird. But uh, but what I really met was Alan Silvestri, who we know did some... He, right. did, he yes. did the music of Back to the Future, right? Like his music is all full of percussive horns, and I, I really love his scores. I think his scores are great. I think the music in, in, in Young Guns 2 is great. I don't think it's as necessarily as good as Utu. I think Utu is much more epic, and I enjoy it more. Well, it's a different sort of... Uh... Different sort of feeling they're both going for. Yeah, yeah. Young, yeah. Young Guns Two is essentially a modern film. It's yeah. Young Guns Two <laughs> is kind of like, wanting to. It's an action uh, film. It's kind of like a rock and roll western. Yeah, it's almost. a rock and roll western. Yeah, 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 for sure. Which is perfectly acceptable as a thing to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's nothing about there's not really historical accuracy. It's it's like a it's like a 1990 action film, like a cops and robbers thing, just in the west. You know, like it's not a. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. It's Which then, is fine, and it can be that. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, just I think basically the characters put me off. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny because I guess I got I, I I think I'm I'm I think I'm quite good at this. To I think I'm quite good at being fooled by a movie. I get involved <laughs> in stuff quite easily, and then maybe, and then a couple of You're days good at later, being fooled. Week, yeah, yeah. Because later on, I go, ah, oh, that wasn't a good film. I thought it was a good film. <laughs> or maybe but it you just was change, not. you just change your mind. I don't know, but but I don't know. I, maybe I'm more forgiving because I I do like Jeff. I think Jeff's great. <laughs> He's awesome. Well, that's cool. Well, that's uh, our first episode, uh, shaggily, coming to a close. We'll hopefully get a better structure as we go. Along. Hey, look, we were talking about Jeff Murphy and his anarchic spirit and wandering and meandering, and that's exactly what we've done. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, fairly yeah. appropriate, uh, I believe. Uh, so we'll close it out and say thanks for listening. You can find me at uh, on the Twitter at Andy James underscore Inc with a K. And where can they find you, Rajiv? Oh, I, you can find me at uh, at Rajiv Film, R-A-J-E-E-V-F-I-L-M. It's a weird foreign name. And that's how you spell film, so that's good also. Uh, please, you know, do the usual podcasty things that you do with a podcast. Comments share it, and likes and leave shares. Leave comments and let people know about All it if you like good it. good social media stuff. Big shout-outs to uh, Arrow Video. Uh, they're not a sponsor or anything, but they're the place I go to find these they're films. almost the only video store left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in Wellington. Come back next week. Lots of New Zealand filmmakers. I don't think we've decided what the next one's going to be, but we've got like Lee Tamahori and Roger Donaldson. Nikki Caro and, of course, Peter Jackson. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, join us next time. See ya. Kakite. Kakite.